0: Father in heaven, we pray for an understanding of the times in which we live. We know that your word says to watch and pray. And so we pray to you now asking for the spiritual blessing that we need to draw nearer to Jesus Christ and help us to watch and understand and discern the signs of the times in Jesus name. Amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. I am Scott Ritzemel once again for another 30 minutes of news and information. But more than news and information, 11th Hour Dispatch is a program that is intended to draw our attention to the magnificent, climactic, earth-shattering, literally earth-shattering event of Jesus' soon coming. Jesus came the first time, crucified, dead, and buried. He ascended into heaven. And he said, I'm coming back. And there's going to be some tumultuous events that precede my coming. He called them signs of the times. The Antichrist's power would be revealed. The persecution against the saints of the Most High would take place. And as we think about this system, this beast system that's described in Revelation 13, this news item is big. This is important. The Pope recently met with top YouTubers, YouTube channel producers, and the kingpin of social networking himself, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook. And add that to the growing list of tech giants that have been meeting with the Vatican, CEOs from Google, Apple, you name it. Something very big is happening here. When you see not only top entertainers meeting with the top religious figure in the world who has this uniting effect to bring all the world's religions together This sounds like it's straight out of the book of Revelation, doesn't it? And I wish I could take the time right now to go on a point-by-point, verse-by-verse study of the beast power, the little horn power, the Antichrist in the Bible, the system where the whole world wonders after the beast. Let me just give you a website, and then we'll get on to some other news. But you've got to jot this down. Visit this website, BibleProphecyTruth.com. You'll understand who the Antichrist is, what the deceptions are. And the reason that we do that, you go to BibleProphecyTruth.com, not only to understand the deceptions, but so that we might understand the truth more clearly by contrast. And that is exciting because Jesus Christ is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. Signs of the times in the news today, most prominently almost every news day, Russia positions troops 50 miles from Alaska and nuclear-armed Pakistan to get eight new attack subs from China. So the continuing moves toward what would inevitably become if time would last and the trajectory would continue as the, the direction we're going, ultimately culminating in some type of World War III event, Lord willing, We will see Jesus come before something like that would materialize, nuclear war. Quite a horrific scenario. But in case the listener, the Christian, any person is tempted to fear, don't forget what the Bible says. And you're going to need this phrase for the times that are coming if they're not there already in your life. Perfect love drives out all fear. So when we have the love of Christ abiding in our hearts, we don't have to be afraid of all of these crazy events that are happening, like CNBC just reported, and inside banking establishment elite, the banks are, quote, preparing for an economic nuclear winter situation. CNBC, the top financial news network in America, the banks are, quote, preparing for an economic nuclear winter situation, an insider told CNBC we'll keep our eyes on that one but you know you you know you're living in interesting times when a headline from the USA today says a candidate's death could delay or eliminate the presidential election chaos would ensue if a vacancy emerges near election day that's USA today mainstream news this isn't somebody's dystopic dreams and fantastical ideas of some some type of crazy future that could take place. USA Today is reporting if a candidate were to die before election day, that this could delay or eliminate the presidential election and chaos would ensue. I don't know if that's going to take place, but it's worth noting that the veneer of civilization, the perception of a very well-ordered, well-functioning republic, democratic republic in which we live. All of this could crumble in, in moments. And not just with the death of a, uh, untimely death of a candidate or, or some type of assassination. These things are literally thrown around there at high levels of power. But it could be natural disaster. It could be terrorist attack. And, and you will notice so quickly how what we thought was a civilized, well-ordered society can absolutely collapse in moments. And so what do we need in the context of news like that coming out of USA Today? That, you know, you could see a situation where the election is just eliminated. I can't believe I'm reading this in mainstream news. But what do we do with that? We say that we have citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the apostle Paul said. Our citizenship is in heaven. And yes, we're citizens of our respective countries in this world also. And I I happen to love our country, the United States of America and the political principles and the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, religious liberty. I'm a big fan. And it's sad to see, it's sad to see a lot of those precious, long-cherished liberties melting away and, and being peeled away before our very eyes. Washington Examiner reports, homeland, eyes Special declaration to take charge of elections. And they talked about having international observers of the precincts and states and local elections which feed into the federal election for the presidency. Now they're talking about Homeland Security potentially stepping in because they say things could get hacked by foreign hackers, not to mention insider fixing of elections, which has happened in the past. And very likely could happen again. But I want to shift gears away from the political, military, economic news. Get get practical once again. In our homes with our children. CBS study, I, a study has revealed that iPad is as good as sedative at calming kids before operations. Now, when a child is going to go into an operation, they have to do a sedative and they need to calm them. You know, you can totally see the, the, the clinical use of video games in such a setting. But the amazing thing is this is not just a drug that's used in an exceptional circumstance like that. The kids playing video games, having a sedative effect upon them, becomes a daily tranquilizer to kids so that they are quiet and they leave us alone and they'll occupy themselves over there. This is a sad thing, isn't it? That the babysitter, the screen babysitter, proverbially raising the children. Mother, father, AWOL, families, disjointed. You wonder why the family is crumbling in our world today. We, we don't have time for each other, right? We don't make time for each other. The most important people in our lives, especially parents, listen and heed the call of the Bible to impress these commandments upon your children as you rise up, as you lie down, as you walk by the way. Deuteronomy six. It's not the occasional interaction with our children, spiritual mention here and there. Maybe you have a prayer before a meal. You take them to church. No, the Bible says talk about these things, spiritual things, the commandments of God, as you do life with your kids. This the story about the iPad being as good as a, of a sedative as as good as a sedative at calming kids was truly instructive in, in in thinking about how we live our lives on a daily basis. Now this one from Fox News. Five states, joined by Christian healthcare providers, have filed a lawsuit challenging the Obama administration over new federal rules that they say could force doctors to perform gender transition procedures that violate their religious beliefs or medical judgment. That was a long subheadline statement. Basically there are rules in place from the Obama White House, federal rules, that many healthcare providers and, and Christian groups and states are, are fearful that these rules could force doctors to perform gender transition procedures, sex changes, that they don't feel that they can do, that that, that would be a violation of their conscience. And so they're, they're bringing lawsuit and they're saying, hey, wait a minute, you've got to protect people's religious liberty here. You can't require and force this to take place. Speaking of the studies, UK Telegraph reports research on more than one million adults found that sitting for at least eight hours a day could increase the risk of premature death by up to 60%. So when you sit for eight hours a day, that can increase your risk of premature death 60%. Scientists said sedentary lifestyles were now posing as great a threat to public health as smoking and were causing more deaths than obesity. They urged anyone spending hours at their desk to change their daily routine, to take a five-minute break every hour, as well as exercise at lunchtimes and evenings. An hour of brisk walking or cycling spread over a day was even enough to combat the dangers of eight hours sitting in the office, they said. So, as I learned this a while back, and I found myself at my computer an awful lot for the line of work that I was in. I was a teacher, and then as I was leaving teaching, I was on my computer even more, studying for preparing seminars and communicating with churches and developing running a ministry, basically on the computer a lot. And what I did was, you could do something like this, although consult your, uh, your your safety experts and physicians and all of that because I'll just put it this way. Do not try this at home. My wife was wondering about it when I first did it. All right, so you got your treadmill, right? And usually there's a couple of handles on, on the sides that you can grab if you were to fall, if you needed to lean on them. You can grab each one w- w- with one of your hands. So what I did was I took a kitchen table leaf we didn't need all of the kitchen table leaves we had for our kitchen table. I ha- we had a spare. And I just laid that straight across the treadmill on top of the two hand-holding portions of the treadmill. And then upon that kitchen table leaf sets my computer. And so I can be on the treadmill walking. And, and this was subsequently invented as an actual piece of fin- furniture that they create for offices now. They call it a walking desk. Well, this is a makeshift walking desk where I can be walking at three miles an hour for hours on end while I'm working on the computer. Ideally, we're not on our computers all the time. Hopefully, we can be outside. I was just outside this morning working in the garden. Awesome. That's the ideal way to live in terms of health. But avoiding sitting as much as we, as much as we can, getting moving. Walking desks, things like this, or if you don't have uh, access to something like that, then as the article mentioned, getting up for five minutes, just, just every half an hour or hour, just walking around really briskly for five minutes. These little things can make a huge difference, not only in your, you know, lowering risk of death, but more importantly, how you feel, your brain functioning, emotions, spirituality, how you treat others, all of that. We'll be right back. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. George Washington once stated, The acceptance of and continuance hitherto in the office to which your suffrages have twice called me have been a uniform sacrifice of inclination to the opinion of duty and to a deference for what appeared to be your desire. I constantly hoped that it would have been much earlier in my power, consistently with motives which I was not at liberty to disregard. I have to stop reading right there. Come again, President Washington? What did he just say? Did you know that in the 1880s, children were reading this in grade five in their reading class? Repeat after me. We've been dumbed down. It's time to wake up. To come apart and be separate, saith the Lord. The DVD series is called Schooled, the deliberate agenda to reduce individuality, destroy intelligence, and re-engineer society. In Schooled, you'll hear it straight from the mouths of the founders of modern schooling themselves. They're quite proud of it. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code radio for a reduced suggested donation rate. Oh, merciful Savior Precious Redeemer and Friend Who would have thought that a lamb Could rescue the souls of men Oh, you rescue the souls of men And we're back This is 11th Hour Dispatch, and the website is 11thHourDispatch.com. I want to invite you to take a look at that website, because there is a new series coming out very soon. It's called Second Beast Rising. And this whole thing about the Vatican meeting with these top tech executives, all of the global geopolitics in danger of economic crisis and... Basically, all the signs of the times, the increasing magnitude of natural disasters, the attack upon the family and the pushing of all of these uh, deviant, sexually perverted worldviews, the advances of secular humanism, the, the rolling back of religious liberty, understanding where this is all going, how we're going toward the cashless society and the mark of the beast. I mean, you name it, we're going to cover it all and... I get into little blips on this, this show, and I, I realized, you know, we spent like, what, 90 seconds on the meetings of Mark Zuckerberg with the Pope. There's so much more to be said on these things. It's all going to be recorded in just a few weeks and it'll be put out in the next few months. A bunch of people pre-ordered them last year, and the Second Beast Rising series is going to ship this year, by the end of the year. So you can pre-order, check it out, 11thHourDispatch.com. Now we're getting back into the health news because this is some of, the, some of the solutions It involve our physical health and reclaiming and, and healing our mind, our body, our, our brain. UK Telegraph reports being overweight in middle age makes the brain age by 10 years, research by the University of Cambridge has found. The study, which scanned 473 brains, found changes in the brain structure of overweight people which are normally seen in those far older. The volume of white matter, the tissue that connects areas of the brain and allows information to be communicated between regions, shrunk far more in those with a body mass index above 25. Shrinkage of parts of the brain is associated with a higher risk of cognitive decline and dementia. So you heard it. Being overweight in middle age increases your brain age by 10 years. So when I talk about health, it's not so much about reducing the risk of heart disease by thirty-seven percent, you know, all these things that can become kind of theoretical and people go, Well, I'm gonna take my chances. But you know what? When I realize that that if I shed some pounds right now, if I, you know, cut out the sugary drinks and and go start going for walks, if I start living healthy, you can observe the difference in days, sometimes in, in hours. And usually there's a detoxing effect of getting off of the high sugar and unhealthy diet. And at first you feel worse, you get headaches and whatever. But you're going to feel better. Your brain is going to work better. You'll start having better myelination. The the myelin is the white matter in the brain that connects the the neurons and the different circuits of the brain so that you can fire off those circuits and think more clearly, have more mastery and self-control by the Holy Spirit, which gives us the power in our very neurological hardware of our brains. So there's a little bonus of losing weight. Not only do you lose weight, but you lose years on your brain. UK Telegraph reports, working long hours harms women, but protects men, study shows. Boy, does this sound like a politically correct, politically incorrect headline. Working long hours harms women, but protects men, study shows. Women who put in long hours... In their careers, greatly increase their risk of developing life-threatening illnesses, including heart disease and cancer, a new study has shown. Work weeks that averaged 60 hours per week or more over three decades were found to triple the risk of diabetes, cancer, heart trouble, and arthritis, according to new research from The Ohio State University. It triples the risk of all of these diseases. That's a 200% increase. The risk begins to climb when women put in more than 40 hours and takes a decidedly bad turn above 50 hours, researchers found. Crucially, the same pattern was not seen in men. In fact, they got healthier the longer they worked. Researchers believe it is because women face additional pressure in their home lives. People don't think that that much about how their early work experiences affect them down the road, The researcher said women in their 20s, 30s, and 40s are setting themselves up for problems later in life. Men who worked long hours had a higher incidence of arthritis, but none of the other chronic diseases. Surprisingly, those men who worked moderately long hours, 41 to 50 hours, had lower risk of heart disease, lung disease, and depression than those who worked 40 hours or fewer. Isn't that amazing? For men, when we work over 40 hours a week... We actually decrease our risk of all of these diseases and depression and all of that versus those who work less than 40 hours a week. Now, of course, we don't want to become workaholics. We certainly don't want to work seven days a week and violate the Holy Sabbath of the fourth commandment. Visit sabbathtruth.com, by the way, if you're thinking that just sounds like some sort of old-fashioned thing or something the Jews would do. No, sabbathtruth.com. Dot com shows that this is a biblical law in place today in the New Testament era. Very clear Bible teaching, sabbathtruth.com. So we don't want to become workaholics and climbing the corporate ladder and just going crazy and filling our lives with stress and anxiety and, and all of that. But a moderate amount of good stress, in other words, focused intensity at work for more than 40 hours a week is shown to be healthy for men. Now, wasn't that interesting? God did create us different, men and women. The Bible says in the beginning, he created them male and female. And so for a study to come out and show that when women put in more than 40 hours a week, it harms their health. And when men put in more than 40 hours a week, it helps their health. You know, you could say, well, this is just all about the social expectations that are put upon women and they have to do all these extra things in the home and You know, that's not so much a social construct as it is a biological reality, fact, that women bear children, nurse children, care for small children, and to the extent that men say, oh, I don't have to chip in, you know, I'm a man, I'm just going to do all these things over here. Well, you know, that's culturally conditioned and that's not biblical. The father is the priest of the home, so he should be very involved. More than very involved. He should be intimately involved with everything that he can be with regard to the raising and training of these children for the Lord. But who's putting in more man hours, to use a neutral term, human hours? Who's investing more time with domestic work and child rearing work? Well, naturally, and I mean that word literally, according to nature, naturally, women. Do more of that work. This is not some imposed relic of a barbaric age. No, this is part of how we're made as people. Women caring for the small children in every culture in the world. In fact, their brains are wired for it better than men's are. So if you try to pile on top of that the pressure that women need to go and have a career just like a man, and that you know, you're, you're, you're in some sort of oppressed and degraded role as a mother. And come on, don't you want to break free from that very limiting and not prestigious? Wait a minute. When the world tells you that the role of a mother is not prestigious, I mean, you got to question that. In fact, reject it outright because there is no greater missionary effort than that of the mother in the home. And that's not to say that women can't work outside the home. It's, you know, we just want a full-time parent with those kids. You don't want to be fostering the kids out to the public schools, to the worldly schools who are going to indoctrinate them with every form of insanity or the worldly media, which are raising the children today. So I know a lot of great families where mine included, my wife does some work for our ministry and I'll I'll be taking care of the kids for a few hours while she does some of the, the bookkeeping, some of the, the finer details that she excels at. And so we don't want to go overreact on these things, but God did make us different, didn't he? And this research shows it. LA Times reports, why midnight snacking is one of the worst things you can do. New research suggests that eating late at night can have surprisingly negative physical and mental effects. Snacking, when you're supposed to be sleeping, can alter the ability to remember things accurately the next day according to researchers at the Semmel Institute of the David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA. Late night eating, especially if you're sleep deprived, slows mental reaction times and attention, according to research from the Perlman School of Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania. Study subjects who fasted while being limited to just four hours of sleep per night did not show performance decline, but sleep deprived subjects who snacked anyway showed significantly slower reaction times and more attention lapses, according to the study. Now, we shouldn't be getting four hours of sleep a night, but if we have to have a night of not enough sleep for whatever reason that sometimes life happens and you end up in a crazy situation, if you're in a situation of being sleep deprived for one night, you'll want to fast, you'll want to eat less not more. Sometimes you go, I'm going to be up late tonight. I should have a fourth meal, right? No, not a good idea. It damages mental activity, which when we talk about the brain, it's not just about how smart you are or things like this. you know That's important, but we're also talking about perceiving and discerning the voice of God. We're talking about controlling emotion. We're talking about thinking clear thoughts. Everything spiritual happens in the brain. So The article goes on to say that Mentally, basically, you're more likely to eat more than you should and eat unhealthy if, you, if you're up late at night. So there's a good warning in there. Don't be up late at night because you're more likely to eat more than you should and eat more unhealthy than you should. So there are so many benefits. I mean, every single health principle, it's like synergistically infused with all the others. If you sleep and if you get to sleep early, you're less going to be less tempted to eat bad and eat too much. You get up early, you're going to start your day with a high fiber breakfast. That's going to get you off to a great start with your, with your day. So the study author Don Lowe says try to match your light exposure and food consumption periods. In other words, wake up in the morning with the sunshine and start eating shortly thereafter. And, and then you'll want to close down your eating before, well before the sun goes down so that your food is digested at sunset. And while we're at it, one of my favorite routines, this is just personal to me, but the principle applies. And When I wake up in the morning, I'll be honest with the listeners, I am not naturally a morning person. When I wake up in the morning, I, I really don't feel like talking to anybody right i wait and i just gonna like that that's just kind of how you feel sometimes if you're of the personality like me so what i have done and this revolutionized my life first of all i don't eat in the evening and then second of all i get to sleep on time when when i'm not adjusting my body for west coast time or something something weird with traveling but when i get up in the morning i gulp two giant glasses full of water first thing and that helps a lot as well and then about 45 minutes later, we're having breakfast as a family, we have morning worship and you start your day with the Lord, have personal devotion time in between that and when the kids get up. And find those routines and patterns. That's, that's half of the battle with health. It's just getting in those good routines. And most of all, infusing the Spirit of God and permitting the Spirit of God to speak through you all day. We'll see you next time. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11 thhourdispatchcom Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. One study found actually that even though we think these media are going to give us stimulation, excitement, pleasure, entertainment, moderate and heavy media users report lower levels of happiness than their counterparts. And Kaiser 2010 study also found that the more media use that teens engage in, the more bored they are. So it's the opposite of everything we thought. As Americans, we are amusing ourselves to death. Our culture is on a constant, pleasure-seeking binge. That's what will fulfill. That's what will make me not bored. That's what will make me happier. More media, more entertainment, and I'll be happier and less bored. The opposite is the truth. The more media and the more entertainment, the less happy you are and the more bored you are. It's a deception we're under. Brought to you by Belt of Truth Ministries.org.